Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Anita J and I am a recovered, which is a miracle, compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, April 30th, 2019, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we're reading from the big book and we are on page 23 in the chapter, There is a Solution. We'll be reading the third paragraph, which begins, how true this is, few realize. And comments will be only on that paragraph. Today's readers are for the 12 steps, Stacy T, 12 traditions, Nancy H. And readers of the text this morning are Renee A and Liz V. And we have our backup, Allison L. The share ID numbers for Monday, April 29th, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 12,836-12836. And for the 10 a.m. meeting is 12,838-12838. And we have our newcomer greeter already to go, Judy EQ, and also the 8 a.m. host, Leslie M. All right. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members and we are self-supporting to our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You, Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And now I will now ask Stacy T to read OA's 12 Steps. Good morning, Anita. Thanks for your service. Stacy T, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Cleveland. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 
9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. I pass. Thanks so much, Stacy T. And I'll now ask Nancy H. to read OA's 12 Traditions. Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy H. from Massachusetts, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overreader. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you so much, Nancy H. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for breeders is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we're resuming our study of the big book and we are on page 23, the third 
paragraph. We'll just be reading and commenting on that paragraph, which begins, how true this is, few realize. And I have asked Renee A. to get us started by reading that for us. Thank you, Renee. Good morning. This is Renee A. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, How true this is, few realize. In a vague way, their families and friends sense that these drinkers are abnormal, but everybody hopefully awaits the day when the sufferer will rouse himself from his lethargy and assert his power of will. So um, the first thing I had to do is look back a paragraph uh, and see what that sentence, how true this is, was referring to. And basically what it's referring to is the paragraph before, but most specifically the last sentence. But they often suspect they are down for the count. And um, so, you know, it's interesting. I, um, they often suspect they are down for the count. I knew in my heart of hearts that I was down for the count, but my mind continued to come up with rationalizations and justifications and reasons why it was that I needed to eat. And we've talked about that all week this week, you know, just some of the crazy reasons that we overeat. Um, and, you know, I, I was just thinking about my family and friends as I was, as I was reading this. You know, um, my family and friends knew, yes, it was obvious that I had an eating problem, but, you know, it's pretty obvious I had other problems too, and I had no idea that these were um, related to my disease. Uh, you know, I just thought, um, that when I ate, I was a really, really angry, angry, compulsive overeater. And, you know, I had no idea that, that, that those feelings and behaviors and things like that were related to my disease. Um, you know, I was, my kids and my husband, my family suffered um, because of my disease. Um, they suffered in, in unseen ways, but they suffered uh, in, you know, pretty obvious ways as well. I, I really was an angry drunk. And, um, you know, my kids paid for it. My husband paid for it. Everybody paid for it. Um, and, you know, I waited for the day when, when my, um, you know, when I could assert my power of will. But that never happened. Um, it just, you know, it was one of those things where it just got worse and worse and worse over a period of time. Oh, I tried to assert my will um, with, you know, diets and therapy and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I realized that I was down for the count probably, I don't know, a year, two, three before I was finally 12-stepped into this program. So, um you know, if you're new out there and, uh, and you're already in that place where you know that you're down for the count, um, you know, the good thing is that we have found a solution here. Um, this explanation of my disease made perfect sense to me, and it worked um, perfectly well. Uh, I was told when I got in here that I had a, a mental obsession and uh, an allergy of the body, and the solution, um, you know, brought about a spiritual uh, awakening for me that was uh, enough to maintain my abstinence. And for that, I am forever, ever grateful. So thanks, Anita. Well, thank you, Renee, for getting us started so well. 
All right. Now, if you haven't shared uh, last Friday or yesterday on the 7 a.m. meeting, please uh, give me your name and um, I will call on you. Nancy P. Nancy P. Jennifer Anne W. Marie. Jennifer W. And Anne Marie. Hi, Anita. This is Raquel. And Raquel. All right. Couple more. Anyone Marcella else? M. Marcella. Marcella M. All right, let's go with Nancy, Jennifer, Anne Marie, Raquel, and Marcella M. Good morning, Nancy. Hi, Anita. Good morning. Good morning, family. Um, thanks for letting me share. Yeah, so how true this is, do you realize? And again, going back to the previous paragraph, because it does seem a little out of context, um, I had this fantasy. It wasn't an obsession. It was an obsession and a fantasy um, that I would somehow, someday, beat the game. And the idea that I was down for the count for me was unfathomable. I just... I felt like a, a, you know, like a 300-pound game fish running out the line. And when I was finally caught, I was thrashing and thrashing and thrashing. And even when I was exhausted, beaten, um, I, I couldn't admit that I was down for the count. And, you know, life tapped me on the shoulder many times. And my, um, my response was, no, thank you, I've got this, until I was brought to a stop by um, other um circumstances in my life and you know I thought that if I admitted that I was completely beaten that I was going to stay beaten that I was going to stay down that I was going to stay defeated and in spite of the fact that you know I'd been in this program for you know many decades for over four decades and um, you know I, I logically could see that other people once you know they talked at meetings and you know, once I surrendered it you know life changed and I just couldn't believe that life was going to change unless I changed it and unless it was me that it came from me rather than something outside of myself however you know that was you know like Bill says how dark it is before the dawn you know I when I finally was beaten and finally realized and accepted that I could not do this myself and I surrendered utterly. I will not say that, you know, it wasn't like a great tide at flood or anything like that for me. This was a long slog for me. But however you get there is how you get there. And once I admitted complete defeat and cleaned out everything, then the life that I've been given today is second to none. And, you know, in spite of the fact that all of it was hard, none of it was pleasant, none, not one speck of it was pleasant, I still have a life that I wouldn't trade for anything. It's the, I'm happier than I've ever been in spite of the fact that, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. You know, you get rid of one thing and something else is waiting to come in. You know, I have more stuff that's happened to me that is happening to me that's very difficult. But I've, in spite of it, I've never been happier. And I used to go to meetings and I'd hear people say, you know, I have breast cancer. I have, you know, I lost a loved one. I, you know, I lost my job. I lost my house, but I have a life second to none. And I thought, better them than me. And then it happened to me, and um, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. So I can say for myself that um, 
you know, I'm done waiting for my own, you know, to be raised out of my lethargy. You know, I now when I feel lethargic, I know what to do. But that first, thank you, I'll wrap up. That first um, surrender was really magical. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Nancy. All right, Jennifer W. And then it'll be Anne-Marie. Hi, this is Jennifer, compulsive overeater from Sweden. Do you hear me? Yes, thank you, Jennifer. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks for um, leading the meeting and for sharing and the reading. I uh, think it's pretty sad that the societies look at this, how you consume your food as something which you should control on your own and you should have a willpower and uh, uh, just get a grip and, and like eat less um, of certain things and do exercise. And uh, there's not so much um, more. It's it's getting more um, information about food addiction. And uh, uh, I just think that sometimes it's really sad that you don't, with this disease, you like get a grip. Um, when it's not your fault and I had so much shame when I when I came in because I saw myself as a very strong woman in in other ways but with this I couldn't like I just couldn't uh, manage it and control it so when I found out that it's actually a disease and it has nothing to do with willpower it was such a relief because then I could actually for real do something about it um, in a way uh, to take care of my disease and it had nothing to do with me being weak and that um, I'm really grateful for and I, I wish that like for me sometimes uh, nowadays people can say like why can't you have a little bit of that and and it's not really an understanding that um, they still think about it as willpower you should have that um, but I, I, I can't and uh um, it's amazing how this fellowship is growing and that more and more people talk about food addiction and uh, that it's actually um, becoming um, more normal so that we can feel that this is a disease like any other diseases, like um, alcoholism is a disease where you can get help from the medical um at least in Sweden, you can get like rehabs and stuff, um, but for food addiction, you can't. So I wish that it would be more of that in the future. And uh, I'm really grateful to be here with the vision. And I'm so happy to say that I booked a ticket to get to the convention. So I'm really coming there. So I look forward to meet everyone. Okay, bye. Wonderful, Jennifer. All right, Anne-Marie, you are Thank up. you. Thank you, Anita. Thanks for your um, for sharing the meeting. Um, my name is Anne Marie. I am um, gratefully abstinent through God's grace, a compulsive overeater. The, what really stood out to me was, um, you know, that, that big sentence here. In a vague way, their families and friends hopefully uh, awaits the day when the sufferer will arouse himself from the lethargy and uh, assert all of his will all this power of will. And I remember uh, talking to my, telling my daughter that um, 
I said, you know, Kara, I said, I want to talk to you about my eating problem. And she does not understand it. She does not support me in my food plan. And um, so what? I... I am muted. Someone's unmuted. Yes, so, I know. Um, so, um, Please, folks, just 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 let Anne Marie uh, um, finish her share. Thanks. Go ahead. Thank you. So, I sat sat her down and I said I just wanted to explain to you how certain foods affect me physically and then she rolled her eyes and she said oh my god I said what's the matter she said well I thought you were going to tell me that you were over all of this I said what do you mean I'm over all of this she said well I just thought you were going to tell me that now you're going to be able you're going to you know have a cupcake and then you know and be fine like normal people you know she said this is ridiculous you know that you're not you're depriving yourself and I just, I, my heart just sank, sunk because I really wanted to try to explain to her. But, you know, society and, you know, people like my daughter, she's not alone. She's not the only one. And, you know, previous people that just spoke, you know, they think that we just have, we, this is not like a regular alcoholic or a drug problem, you know, that this is more of just willpower you know, and just push yourself away from the plate and eat less and exercise more, you know. Um, so I was just really disappointed with that. And it, it just it just reminded me of, you know, that day that I sat her down and with her rolling her eyes. Um, so um, but I have to be true to myself and, um, and to God and to focus on what I need to do and not to be trying to, I, I don't need to convince anyone else. Uh, someone had just spoke about uh, thinking that once they gave up the idea of, you know, gave up the idea that they can eat compulsively, that they cannot eat um, uh, certain foods, um, mm-hmm. that once that, once that denial was done, then they were they were okay, and um, I, I related to that. Uh, I am not okay. I have to continue with this program. Thank you. Thanks, Anne-Marie. All right, Raquel, and then it'll be Marcella M. Good morning, Raquel. Raquel? Good morning. Good morning, family, and good morning, Anita, and thank you so much. I was so waiting to get online already and to tell my family what's happening. It's God's miracles just don't cease. I didn't know he knows Hungarian that well because I was in such trouble that I found myself going back to my mother tongue and just calling him, Daddy dear, please help me. Uh, I have this problem with my back and they cannot operate because of the osteoporosis and I tried already everything else. So now we came down to this wonderful remedy, the medical cannabis. And it doesn't sit well with me. I'm not here. I'm like walking on clouds, and uh, I need and I need help. I need somebody to be in the house with me. And this involves a lot of bureaucracy. And to run around feeling this way and being in danger of falling, you know, stumbling is not good either. So uh, this, the, the, this, it really takes care of the pain. But now I have two for the price of one. 
you know, the pain is gone, but the, the dizziness is there. So until it's worked out, then those and all that. And bureaucracy is something pretty obnoxious and it takes time. But guess what? God heard me. And today they sent me someone from Social Security who spent three hours with me. We got along wonderfully. We went shopping together. Yeah, I hung on to her. The nicest thing about this cannabis thing, I believe, is that I can now go into the NA meetings and they're not going to look at me like uh, sideways and, and every once in a while, they're very outspoken ones. And a few of us go, people who feel like me, that it's life or death for me if I start eating. But I'm abstinent through this all. They asked me if I started eating more. No, this program works, my friends. But once in a while, somebody from that group would want us to, to wave us out of there. And they'd say, I'm not here because I ate too much gefilte fish. You know, and and I didn't sit in jail because I ate uh, too much, too many Doritos. What are you guys doing here? And they don't understand that our problem is as deep as theirs. It just maybe takes a longer time until we surrender, because we can. I I could keep the facade very long that everything is okay. If nobody sees the emotional turmoil and the the being like. The feeling of being in this world for me, all my life was like sleeping on a plank of, of wood between that it stretched between two mountains and I better not fall asleep with both eyes. But the world is a dangerous place for me. It was. I Nothing of this wonderful la-la land has happened to me with this. Uh, this. I, yeah, I, I'm wrapping up. You, It's lovely for me that you are there and that I can tell all this and... Uh, you know, pray for me. That's all. Thank you so much. And wonderful recovery. Thank, Thank you. Thanks so much, Raquel. All right, Marcella. Good morning to you. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, Avishon, for you. My name is Marcella. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, the pain that we have, in, that I have inflicted on my friends and my family and my community, my society and my government um, by eating compulsively, and 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 this thing, I think that the, the chaos and confusion that I was spreading when I was eating compulsively, it spread. It just spread. It was just everybody was a baffled lot. Not only me, you know, the doctors and the psychiatrists and the psychologists and the therapists and the the trainer at the gym and the nutritionist and my mom, my dad, my husband, my children, my friends. I could not talk about anything else but my problems with food, shape, looks, and and body mass index, and my horrible, all-time-consuming, all-energy-consuming obsession with food and the consequences of food in my body. It was a living hell. I would die many times a day. I would die in the morning remembering the binge that I had last night. I would die when I stand in front. I stood in front of the closet. I would die see my reflection of the mirror. I would die if by accident somebody took my picture without me knowing. It was it was not a life. It was not a life. As for the nature, the true nature of my disease, that's where we get together to comfort each other. As long as we as long as my sponsees understand the true nature of our disease, because I'm not the only one, 
And as long as my, my sponsor keeps understanding the nature of our disease and, and I get together with you in the morning to, to, to remember that I'm a compulsive overeater, that, are, that I have a horrible allergic reaction to certain foods, volume and frequency, that's it. Then I'm free the rest of, my, of the day. I wake up in the morning, I kneel, kneel down, I, I say, please, God, and that's it. Please, just for me, for a vision for you, for una vision para ti en español, and for everybody in the whole entire world who's trying to do this. And, and then I, I fix my, my meals for the day, and then I'm free. Free to sponsor, free to work, free to go to college, free to be a, a wife, a mom, a pet owner, a homeowner, free to live my life. And then, and then um, the, the higher power and a vision for you through me, we spread a little sense of meaning and direction into our lives and the lives of our, the people that we love the most. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Marcella. All right, uh, just if you, can, if you got on late, we are reading the third paragraph on page 23, which begins how true this is. All right, uh, who would like to share? Janet E. Liz T.I. J- Janet E. Liz T.I. All right, Janity, you go ahead. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much. Thanks for your service. I'm Janet E. from Ecuador, actually in Minnesota this week. And um, uh, if only I could rouse myself from my lethargy. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I just looked that word up. I know exactly what it means. But lack of enthusiasm, well, I was so – I was so (laughs) – drained of energy and I just these wonderful shares I just heard you know the all-consuming energy that um, this disease takes up and in the previous paragraph you know yeah it was it's a malady that had a real hold on me and I was just going through boxes of old things here in my mother's home and we're discarding what we don't need and I'm reading old journals when I was 20 of why I can't stop eating, what seems to be wrong with me. I know there's something, I just don't know what it is. And I even used the word, I'm powerless, before I ever had set foot in a room of 12-step recovery. I'm powerless, but I just I was stuck in a trap I couldn't spring. I didn't have the key. I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the, the simple toolkit, which has been laid at my feet and I'm so grateful because I don't know why I got it laid at my feet. I picked it up and not everyone gets it. Not everyone's going to get that toolkit, that opportunity. And um, so, you know, I couldn't rouse myself from the lethargy, from the, the quicksand, all these, all these metaphors that we can use around this disease. I just was stuck, entirely stuck. And, um, you know, today, fast forward decades from when I write, wrote these journal, uh, you know, entries, um, this disease hit me, you know, very, very young. And um, and now, you know, I'm, I have freedom. You know, I just wrote down my food. I'm going to text that to my sponsor. 
then I'm, yeah, I'm free to go about my day. I'm free to roam the planet and be a world nomad and go to meetings in different places and be useful and visit friends. And, you know, I've got, I've got my plan for the day. I'm getting anchored in higher power with all of you this morning. And I'm going to, you know, say that third step prayer and set aside prayer and the other things that I do and then go about my day. And, you know, I'm out of prison. Here I am. And um, what a gift. So glad we're reading this. I, this is a great little paragraph. So I will pass. Thanks very much. Well, thank you so much, Shanity. All right, Liz T.I., it is your turn. Thank you. Uh, good morning. This is Liz T.I. from Minnesota. Um, and I just wanted to chime in here today uh, really picking up on this, um, the vague way that my, our friends and family sense that, oh, maybe these, maybe there's something going on here with, with her. Um, something's abnormal with, with Liz and her food. And as I deepened in the disease and, and um, my captured nature got more a hold, um, you know, it was co- quite obvious to the external world that something was wrong. I was, you know, over 300 pounds and, um, you know, so kind of societally and my family was getting more and more and more concerned. And, you know, it didn't, I, I was so, you know, I wanted, I wanted to be a normal eater. I wanted to be someone that could assert my power of will. And I got real confused and in my head, which is where, the disease for me is real active um, to to try to follow these instructions and these directions from external sources, nutritionists, therapists, my family, oh, just do this. Um, and the, the problem was is that I'm a real compulsive overeater and I need a higher power. I need a, a loving uh, spirit to um, to remove that obsession. Um, and, you know, I also looked up, um, what did I look up here? Oh, rouse. I know I kind of have a sense of what that meant, but when I looked it up, it says to bring out of sleep and awaken. And definitely I was a sufferer in a trance. I was in a sleep, in a coma, a food fog, a, a trance of walking around thinking about myself and in the behavior of compulsive overeating, um, you know, and I and I did put my family through a lot of pain. And um, part of my story is that I, kind of unbeknownst to me, until I did my fourth and fourth step and fifth step, um, blamed them for all of my problems. <laughs> and as such, uh, you know, they ended up paying for multiple inpatient treatments, like four or five. Um, and you know. As a person, I'm in my ninth step right now, and I'm looking back and I'm going, wow, I was loved. They were doing what they could to help me, and I was still in that blaming cycle. Um, so, you know, friends and family sense that these drinkers are abnormal, yes, but the person that most matters is that I need to understand that I am abnormal and let go of what everyone else might think or, you know, the professionals and all of that and just do what I need to do today. Thank you so much. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Liz T.I. All right now, 
stop with the reticence. Who else would like to share? Hi, this is Beth M. Nicole Beth C. M. Nicole C. Jen A. Jen A. Some more, please. Like pulling teeth today. Any men around? Jan S. T. Jan S. T. All right. This is how it's going today, huh? Okay, Beth M., Nicole C., Jen A., and Jan S. T. Okay, Beth M., good morning. Thank you. Good morning. This is Beth M. from San Francisco. And um, the part that that kind of uh, stood out for me today is that um, everyone hopefully awaits the day. And, and, you know, within that, that everybody was me. I was always um, awaiting the day that, you know, I could eat normally again or that I could, you know, eat as much as I wanted and still have the body weight that that I believed um, was best for me. And, And I... And I'm not sure because I the 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 disease within me didn't really um, show itself in my body uh, very much, um, so I was always trying to be the exception to the rule. Like this time I could have you know X food, or this time I could have this amount of amount of food, and that it would be okay this time because sometimes it was, but. Um, I just, I, I feel like there's so much denial between in this paragraph about, you know, our friends and family sense there, there is something abnormal, but, you know, you know, let, you know, hopefully that, you know, um, that the addict will assert, you know, his will and overcome it. And that's what I kept doing, um, you know, kept hoping that, you know, I could assert my will and get through this, you know, for decades in within the rooms of OA. And, um, and yet I have to just rely this one day that I'm a food addict, this compulsive overeater, this one day that, you know, I will, um, you know, follow my program and um, work through the steps and use the tools and and speak at a meeting for the first time in, in a long time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Beth M. Nicole C., good morning. You are up. Good morning. This is Nicole C. in Morgan Hill, California. I'm a compulsive overeater. And uh, thanks for your service. And um, I was thinking about this experience that I had with uh, someone I really looked up to at work. And before I knew that I had a problem with my eating, before I realized that I was not a normal eater. This person made a comment at a dinner party in his home. He had invited, uh, it was a small startup, and so he was able to invite everybody to his home and open up his home, and there was this, like, you know, there were appetizers out and da-da-da-da. And he made this comment that was, um, it just struck me. He said, you know, this some people just have no portion control and 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 I just remember the moment just clear as day and I just felt so ashamed on the inside um because I knew in my heart that I didn't 
I knew in my heart that I didn't. And, uh, you know, for that evening, I, I made sure that I was very, very, very careful not to put too much on my, on my plate. But of course, when I got home, um, I ate whatever I wanted, but I really did believe, uh, that when I saw other people eat with impunity or just eat normally or just take a couple bites of a cookie or whatever, and then not eat another cookie for a few months. Like I really believed that there was something wrong with my character, that there was something wrong with my upbringing, that there was something wrong with my willpower, my discipline. And, uh, I thought, well, I'm just, I'm just not doing life correctly. I'm just, I need to step it up. I need to try harder, you know? And, there is an amount of discipline that we do have to maintain in this program. We have to be willing to do things we don't want to do. Even when we don't feel like doing them, we need to do them anyway. Um, Whether I feel like coming to the meeting or not, I need to attend. Whether I feel like committing my food or not, I need to commit my food. So there are some disciplines to staying in recovery. But willpower alone, discipline alone to just not eat the way I was eating was was never was never the 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 answer, the solution. I mean for me I'm I'm not a normal eater and I'm very, very fortunate that my husband and I are both in um another fellowship because a few years back when I finally came home and told him, I said, hey, I think I have a problem with food. I think I have an eating problem. He looked relieved. He looked happy for me. He looked like, finally, she sees it. You know, And I don't know if I would have gotten that same reaction if he didn't understand from the other fellowship that we're in. And, um, Time. You know, uh, thank you. Um it's it's freeing. It's freeing to know. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thanks so much, Nicole C. Jen A, and then it'll be Jan F T. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll have to pull my teeth to get me to share. In fact, um, they've fixed every single one of them, I think, from this disease. I don't think any of my teeth are my own. Um, so I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic from Colorado. Um, thank you, God, that I'm recovered today. And everyone hopes that you will change and control the situation and you'll assert willpower. And that's the truth. And um, for me, um, I could never meet the expectations of others, especially around my weight. Jenny, you're so, you're so big. And then it got to the point uh, when I hit the other end of the uh, the you know, the spectrum, it was like, you're so thin. Oh my God, would you please gain some weight? And I'm like, I remember standing there at Easter one time and coming in and I just looked at everybody in the kitchen. I'm like, I can't please anybody. I come in, I come in fat. No one's happy. I come in thin. No one's happy. I was like, what do you guys want from me? And I literally broke down in tears and had to go into the other room. Um, thank God it's so much different today. Um, and how did that change for me? Um, you know, it, it, I didn't. I didn't know I was a compulsive overeater. I didn't know I was anorexic or bulimic. I just knew I had a problem. But it, it was when I read the first chapter of this book called The Doctor's Opinion, um, and I sat down with someone in whom the problem had been solved, and, and they got me to those classifications of the alcoholic 
right? The unstable person, the denial, the person who's in denial, the delusional person, the depressed person. I'm like, oh my God, I'm all these people. And it wasn't until I could see all of that and know that I had a problem with the food and and just read it over and over again that I was like, oh my God, this is it. Um, And the light bulb went off. And um, for me, I'm reminded in the doctor's opinion where it says, I must be grounded in a power greater than myself. So this is what happened. Um, You know, I had to replace my willpower with some other power. And what power is that? That's God's power. Um, And for me today, um, you know, that's what I do. And when I've done that and I've done this work, you know, through the 12 steps um, and that spiritual um, awakening has happened in my life, um, and I'm, you know, now living in the solution and serving others and living this beautiful, glorious way of life. It is absolutely amazing. Um, so if you're still out there asserting your own will, like I was um, over toilets and, you know, in convenience stores, um, just consider calling someone in whom the problem that has been solved and picking up this book and just looking into it and just, just explore it a little and see. You have nothing to lose. <laughs> no pun intended, but, um, yeah, I just, I'm so grateful for this and I'm, I'm grateful, um, that my family loves me for who I am today and sees me for who I am. And, um, they're beginning to see the side of me in Overeaters Anonymous, um, you know, as it, as it cracks out a little bit and a little bit, I'm not a huge share with my family yet about it, but, um, they definitely see a difference and it's not about the weight anymore. It's about the person that I've become. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Jenny. All right, Jan St. Good morning to you. Good morning. It's Jan St. Gratefully recovered from the Boston area. Um, I'm going to focus on. Uh, let's see. Uh, families and friends sense that these drinkers are abnormal, but everybody hopefully awaits the day. And when I read that, I read that over a couple of times, and it hopefully meant a couple different things to me. Um, when I first read it, I thought, hopefully family and friends will await the day. And the sad truth for me is that, no, not all of my family and friends awaited uh, for my recovery, for my behavior to change. Um, some of them left. Um, my behavior was not, not only in eating, but socially, socially and emotionally pushed them away. And some of them left. Some of them did return when I was able to recover. And some of them didn't. I lost them forever because of where I was. And then I also read hopefully for, I think, the way it was intended in the book, which is hopefully they do stay and hopefully they do wait for me. And hopefully they um, they want me to recover, to rouse myself from my lethargy and assert my power of will. Of course, it's not a power of will that helps me to recover, but they don't know that. And I certainly didn't know it at the time either. And so with that, hopefully, the meeting that family and friends did patiently and lovingly hope for health and life balance for me. And what a blessing it is that so many were loving and compassionate with me in my disease state of mind and body and my behavior and that disease. Um, what a, what a gift that was. And I also thought of this as it applies to myself, my own thoughts and feelings about my own thoughts and actions. Um, I lost hope sometimes I abandoned myself, but also thank goodness. Um, I came into these rooms where hope returned 
and where the steps led me to recovery. Uh, what a beautiful thing that was. And I thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you so much, Jan ST. All right, uh, two more, maybe three. Who would like to share? Keith A. Keith A. Okay, that's it. All right. Keith B, Amy G, and somebody F, uh, which I'll try to do. Cindy F. Okay, go ahead, Pete. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Pete B. I'm compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and I'm in Pennsylvania. Thanks for taking the meeting. Thanks for calling on me. Um, you know, I, I, it, you know, for me, for me, I, you know, when I look at this, uh, I, it just makes me. It, it just points me back to uh, and more about alcoholism, where it talks about the first step. And that the the delusion that we are like other people or presently may be has to be smashed, right? I I I waited I, I waited my entire life for people to co-sign my nonsense, right? Somebody, you know, if I could just get somebody to agree with me, that would mean I'm right, right? And and what this tells me, the first step tells me is that it, it, it what what anybody in here out there, what anybody thinks, their assessment of what I am doesn't matter it, it, it what, what matters is what i think and what i know right if i had if i i can't i can't live in that delusional world that you know somehow some way the right trainer the right diet the right self-help book the right thing is going to come along and going to fix me you know i have a fatal incurable condition that gets worse never better the doctor's opinion tells me about that, right? Right. You recovered individuals tell me about that, and I'm and and I'm I'm just grateful that you know when I take this first step, when I really take this first step in that delusion that I am like other people or ever will be like other people has been smashed. That gives me the freedom, right? I got to do. I got. I, I take care of myself. I take care of my needs. I connect and align my will with the God of my understanding, and and everything is going to be okay. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Pete. All right, Amy G., good morning. Good morning. Thank you for your service. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you, everyone, for such an awesome uh, meeting and drilling home, like others have said, just step one, my, my powerlessness. So the paragraph starts with how true this is, and the question is, what is this that they're talking about? And in my opinion, they're talking about the prior paragraph that says, there is the obsession that somehow someday they will beat the game, but they often suspect they are down for the count. So for me, you know, when they talked about the lethargy, you know, I may have perceived or been looked at and seen as lethargic in my attempts and my failures to control my eating, but I wasn't lethargic at all. I was trying with everything in my power and everything within me and with all of my will to try to control my eating. I was exhausted from my efforts, no doubt, but I certainly wasn't lethargic about it. I wanted, and I, I can see how others would have seen that, because, again, people see what the disease did uh, to me, but they didn't know what it was doing for me. And I didn't know I was powerless. And how interesting that others sense that, you know, that we're abnormal, frankly, before we do, and quite often that is the case. But I was trying with all that I had. My, my family's motto was all it takes is a little willpower. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. 
You could do anything you put your mind to. And it seemed unconceivable to me. How is it that I could have success in other areas of my life using my willpower and yet could not control something as simple as what I put into my mouth? How was that possible? And as others have described, this illness is, is about the physical allergy, but more so about this mental obsession. I was obsessed with food. I, you know, it talks about it in step one in the AA 12 and 12. We have warped our minds with such an obsession for destructive eating, drinking, that only an act of providence can restore us to sanity. And for me, I didn't know what I didn't know. But I still, even in, in OA, when I first started to come to OA, I, I, I wanted to try to control it. I thought that knowledge would then, coupled with my will, would allow me to beat this disease. And like was just said in the prior share, I had to learn to, con- I had to, had to give. I had to surrender and concede to my innermost self that I was powerless because nothing was going to happen after that. I had to understand before that. I had to understand the nature of this illness, and then I had to make a choice. Am I who I say I am before this program even got started? I had to concede to that, to my innermost self, like everyone else has said. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Amy G. Okay, Cindy F., you have uh, two minutes. Good morning. Yes, this is Sandy F. from Florida. And, yes, that suspicion that I'm down for the count, this is where I'm at right now, and I'll keep calling back in and keep coming back because I don't want to be down for the count as far as something being my alcoholic substances, but I have a niggling feeling that I am down for the count with that, and I keep wanting to jump back up. So this is kind of where I'm at, and I'm glad we're reading this portion, and it's hitting home, and you guys have a great day. Thanks for your service. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy F. Sandy F. Okay. Um, thank you to everyone who shared. And the share ID for the meeting we have just participated in is 12,840-12840. And we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Liz V. please read a vision for you for us? Thanks, Anita. It's Liz V. from North Carolina, gratefully recovered. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.